All right, everybody, welcome back to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. You know, there's been those times in your uh, at work. I remember back, actually, all the way back into the military when uh, I was sitting there in the ready room and I was playing cards with one of my best friends. He was the class ahead of me and he was a mentor of mine. And he was flying out to go to the aircraft carrier for the first time. This was like our rite of passage as a student naval aviator. We did not have our wings yet. We were in training. And uh, so he did something that we call walking. So he walked to his jet and got ready. And his class was actually flying down into the um, Gulf of Mexico to go land a T2 Buckeye, which was our first training jet on the USS Lexington for his first time. And we're just so excited. But this is where about half the class doesn't make it through our initial training, just because this is a very challenging thing. So it's a couple hours later, and I'm in the ready room, I had been delayed a little bit for maintenance. And all of a sudden, everybody's running around, and it's crazy. And and somebody's, you know, I hear somebody yell out in the passageway, there is a mishap on the Lex. I'm like, oh, no. So we all run down to the ready room, and we're just trying to figure out what happened. Well, my good friend Steve, coming in to land on the back of that aircraft, stalled his airplane and the airplane flipped upside down and he crashed into the back of the Lexington and uh, he did not survive that. Mm. And when you are in a situation like that, now think about this, folks, you know, our, we're, we're going through life. We feel like we're on the path that God wants us to. And all of a sudden something is thrown at us like this. I mean, it's happening to all of us right now. Uh, you know, the world that we live in, things are coming at us that we do not expect. I'll remember I have uh, two amazing friends on here, Ron Henry, and because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about chaplaincy and Jason Brown. But, but folks, I got to tell you, the amount of self-doubt that I had in that moment, anguish, mourning, loss. And then the, my question I had to ask myself is, do I even keep moving forward? Do I even um, pursue this? Like all of a sudden it became real that to pursue this dream of becoming a, a naval aviator and getting my wings comes at a very high cost. And I'll never forget though, the, um, I had conversations with my dad. I had conversations with the chaplain that was part of the squadron, part of the base. I had conversations with people and in that uh, I made a decision that was really transformational to keep moving forward on the path that I really felt that God had me on at the time. And that was to not drop out. Some of the top guys in our class after that chose not to keep going forward. I mean, Steve was one of those guys that we all looked up to. And, you know, when you see a friend and some of your respect not make it. But in today's world, you know what? That is just one little experience. You guys have everybody listening so many more. And here's why I've asked Ron and Jason to come on. They're with Marketplace Chaplains. And first of all, I got to know Ron. It was at a Pinnacle Forum conference. I don't know what Ron was up four or five years ago, but I just met this guy and he's got this cool hair and he's, and he's just super smart. And, but you know what just flowed off of you, Ron, was love and wisdom. And every time I've ever had a conversation with you, Ron, I got to tell you, I just come away a better person. And so we've just developed this friendship and I've learned more about what Marketplace Chaplains does. And Ron, you and I were just talking a couple of weeks ago about what's happening in the world right now, the growth of what you're doing, the need of what you're doing, the, the deep problem that what you're doing solves, not just spiritually, but a mentally, 
emotionally, it, it is the glue that can hold a company together in these challenging times. And I said, you know what, we've never done an episode on really what chaplaincy is and why it's important and how we can bring it into our company, whether you got three people or 3,000 people into your organization. And um, Jason is joining us too, um, Jason Brown from Marketplace Chaplain. So guys, just a cool background. I don't know if you're going to share much of your, your history there, Jason, but he's been married for 26 years. He is too, like you, you guys are an outdoor family. So guys, check this out. So Jason was a pro rodeo. You were the, what, the champion, what were you? You, you, uh, you were number one in the world and for yeah. at one point. Uh, 1991 world champion saddle bronc rider. Wow. I don't even know how you stand straight. My back is like sore thinking about that. His two sons are in college on a fishing scholarship. Yes, you guys heard me right. They are so good at fishing. They have a college scholarship. And then Ron had a very long business career, but 20 years ago, um, God called him into what he's doing now at Marketplace Chaplain. So we're going to have a great conversation about that. But let's start with this, folks. So whoever wants to take it, you know, I have an understanding of what a, a chaplain is for my time in the military. And you know what? It wasn't somebody that was really woven into our culture. It's somebody you really went to in distress for the most part. And I was not at that time. I grew up in the church, but I wasn't regularly going to the church. So I didn't, you know, um, have chaplains that I talked with often. Uh, but, you know, in today, in the marketplace, in a company, what is chaplaincy? Yeah, John, um, thanks for having us on. I think you kind of described it perfectly through that unfortunate circumstance you had to live through. But, you know, the chaplain was detached and part of your squad and, and your co-flyers and everybody going through school. And our founder in 1984 that founded Marketplace was a colonel in the Air Force and Army as a chaplain in the 70s and 80s, who worked for Billy Graham in the 60s. And when he retired, he, he said, I wonder if what we did for our men and women on the front lines in the military, if we could do that in, in corporate America. And so that's when Marketplace was born, coming up on our uh, 40th year. But uh, think of that frontline caregiver. Yeah, you know, you, you saw the chaplain, you knew that they were there. And of course, we know about chaplains in hospitals, pro sports teams have chaplains, even the Congress, Chaplain Margaret Green Kibben is up there now. You hear about it a little more and more, not just in a military setting, but we all know that the workplace is the largest mission field in the world. About 130 million non-governmental employees went, went to work today, either at home, in an office, on the road, driving, you know, hybrid situations, et cetera. And here's the big thing that shifted even before COVID. There was an isolation and a depression crisis already happening in corporate America. It was in the Harvard Business Review a couple of years ago. And so, yes, crises happen. And we think that we have all of this great communication and connections and friends. But at the end of the day, who do we really have that we can trust and provide real, real help? And so that's the role of a chaplain, that frontline caregiver. And so what companies are doing are partnering with a third party organization like us to bring in a chaplain care team as an employee care service to simply take care of their employees, to meet them where they're at, regardless of their background, if they have a faith background or not. It's not church at work, not a religious program, but somebody that says, I'm here for you. My time is your time. And what you tell me strictly confidential, 
and I'll try to help you or connect you with, with someone who can. So if you think of that frontline caregiver, that's a pretty good start of extending care of company leadership out to their employees that could be scattered, you know, all across uh, North America today. Uh, thank you, Jason, for sharing that. And, and Ron, I know this has been a passion of yours for a long time. What, what pulled you into what you're doing now with Marketplace Chaplains? Well, I, I've had a career where I spent uh, over 30 years in doing executive search and where I worked with leaders in business and trying to get you know, appropriate talent to help their organizations be successful. And always focused about the idea that you've got to take care of your people and you've got to take care of your people. And so I just had a real heart. And I saw, you know, I heard firsthand the struggles that people went through, uh, through the search work I did. And so it always touched my heart. So as uh, God led me into my, this season of life where I downsized my search firm and had the opportunity uh, to really express and extend the, the word of what chaplain care is all about. I mean, it's as simple as somebody caring. Someone caring for the employees because I and some of the employees could just talk to and about that's non-judgmental, didn't, didn't have an opinion, but were professionally trained and called to that role. And I started reading the stories and but I but I knew from my background in search how difficult it was in the workplace. So this platform, I mean, and then seeing the reach of what it is, I mean, I think today that we over 5,000 work sites that are the team of 18 over 1800 chaplains are reaching out every week, uh, reaching over a million employees and family members, every, you know, with our care services. So, but the clincher for me it, it, that really at the end of the day is that our chaplains are bringing Jesus into the workplace through their care, love and care. Just like, you know, we read in, in the new Testament, Jesus went out and just loved on people. And that's, that's so powerful uh, to have someone, especially younger workers, younger workers who've never seen love, never had a trusted relationship, never seen unconditional love, always had, what is their identity? I mean, we, we've had high tech firms that said, well, gee, do you have a young chaplain that would relate to them? And I said, well, we do have some younger ones, but candidly, most of these young tech firms, they prefer a chaplain that's over the age of 50. They've never had an adult that age that they could speak with, that they could trust. Mm. So sad, but true, Ron. It's reality of life. And I always think of um, we're God's army on, on the street. We're, we're the ones behind the scenes, caring for people, helping companies really assess and, and mold their culture, putting meat behind what they say in terms of their caring for their people. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Now, you know, I know you guys, especially with COVID and the mental health, and we've actually done some live streams and in, in a, a series, uh, bring in some pastors who've struggled with mental health, uh, psychologists, employees. I really uh, believe, and the evidence is there, unfortunately, that you know we're we're almost like in this second pandemic, and that is this pandemic of mental health. I think everybody bottled everything up and tried to get through this, but there's been so much loss and change and chaos in our worlds. And a lot of it, you know, when, you know, things happen in the world, it tends to kind of be external, like things you see on the news. This has been different because I don't know anybody that has not been affected personally by what's happened. And then here's another element too, as we were actually looking at relationships that we have as humans, it has shifted in our culture. 
And I, I cannot remember the data for, for the women because it's actually a little bit better. But for the average man, they only have one, maybe two relationships that you would actually consider a true friendship. And I don't know, I can't remember who studied this, but like 50 years ago, the average person I was thinking about my dad, they had six, seven, eight people. It was right. different. You were in community, you live with friends, you had people to talk about all this stuff today. We're, we're much more isolated. So now that I think the um, people are understanding this and it's okay, like myself, uh, having gone through my accident, recovered, and been through some really highs and lows, you know, over the last seven years. And in the past, I would not talk about it that was not the culture. But today, you know, I've seen Christian counselors, I've seen psychologists, I've had to see a therapist, my whole family went and saw therapists as we were trying to heal and recover from what we went through. And it was absolutely a game changer. And I know that if I'd not talked to somebody, those problems would have either festered or gotten worse. Uh, but with that, you know, when you guys, I mean, there's so many new uh, work sites and companies, organizations that are approaching you when you could sit down with them, you know, Jason or Ron, and you're having a conversation and they're like, you know what, we'd love to have you come in here. What is the reasons that you're hearing from people about, Hey, I want to even just, I don't know if this is for me yet, but I want to have the conversation. Sure. I think there's a, you know, they want to know about it. They heard about it or, or they really want to understand. Uh, sometimes it's because there was a crisis and they're like, we didn't really know what to do on a workplace shooting or a suicide or death or, you know, those high level things that gets everybody attention. We were ill-equipped. We had some other resources, but they were so peripheral that they didn't have any impact. Uh, some of them are be, you know, this company is my platform of ministry. God's given me my employees are, are my sheep. I'm supposed to shepherd them, but you know, we're not 10 employees. We're 820 locations. We're 30,000. I'm a public company, but I know my people are having teenage daughters that are cutting themselves, that they're getting divorced. They're going through bankruptcy. They're writing their suicide note. They're stealing from the company. They're lost. They have no connections. They have no hope. So what do I do as a, as a company leader? And then the mental health, you know, I, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, I think all three of us and a lot of our listeners, if you mentioned mental health, you thought of you know, the insane asylum or crazy people or all that. Well, the educated world has put a lot of the problems and, and issues we're dealing with under the mental health umbrella. And so you used to only talk about that in the psychiatric, psychological, psychoanalytical terms, but now it's really everything. How, how do you cope as a living human with your environment and with others? And, and, you know, Christ has the best model in the Bible of unconditional love, great commandment, great commission, but some real coping skills and and real hope, but there is a shift. And thankfully, you know, the five years before COVID, we started to see more employees working, not in an office or 3000 people in a plant. It was more of a distributed dispersed workforce. People don't live, as you said, by their nuclear family and they're not in the same neighborhood. They've, they move every three years. So you're really disconnected from really anything. And 70% of the people do not have a regular affiliation with a, with a church home. And so, like you say, sometimes when crisis hit, where do you go? So that's the gap has been widening and we have, you know, over 1200 companies, some Christian, some not. We have Muslim leaders. We have all kinds of leaders, but they know my people need help and you have a proven way to, to help them. So what comes with that, and we'll probably need to touch on this, is our, our growing need for more chaplains. We use male, female, 
ethnically diverse and bilingual chaplains in, in a lot of languages because it, you know, a protein plant up in Minnesota, they may have 300 Marshallese employees and many of them are bilingual. So we've to connect with them and build those relationships of trust and confidence. You know, we're, we're really missionaries in a foreign land now, John, in our own America. A lot of people say it's a post-Christian America. So when you think of missions and you went to a foreign land, what did you do? You went, you learned the culture, the dress, the customs, and the language. And you, and you got in and you lived with the people. And that's what chaplains do They be, at work. They become part of the team and part of that neutral confidential resource. So it's growing where we can hardly keep up, but by God's grace, um, the good news is, is the gospel still works. And, and God is using the workplace in many areas, uh, Christian CEO forum groups, uh, which you know about, many of our listeners probably do, all kinds of resources, pocket testament leagues, all kinds of things. But that frontline employee care is where we specialize and where the greatest need is today. I wanted to add on one little factor in your initial question there, too. It's really in life, it's, you know, until you feel the pain, you don't change. Mm. And the reality is more leaders are feeling the pain of their people particularly in HR leaders who are having to address the pain issues. And once then, then when the pain, there's a pain there, you seek out something to alleviate that pain. And that's really it. If you try to intellectualize it and whatever, it's, it doesn't go anywhere. But all of a sudden you get a leader who's, you know, some, I mean, this is a lot of the people's of things that are directly related to the COVID issue, but they feel the pain. So I think that's a necessary aspect of this is, you know, you can't deny the pain exists and that's really a motivator. And that's, I think that has a lot of what's going on today. People now being more open with the pain and who can they go to? Who can they trust? I believe that too. And I think some of the other like evidence, if you're looking at your own organization, right? Looking at uh, the engagement of your employees, um, how do they handle conflict, right? Does it, does it turn into uh you know, wounded avoiders, gossip, backtalk. Uh, you know, one of my good friends, he was, uh, I was mentoring him at my, my company right before my accident. I was the last person to have a conversation with him. There was nobody for him to talk to. We didn't have a chaplain in the organization. And the next morning he, I walk into work, he had committed suicide, mm-hmm. wife and three kids. And I got to oh. tell you, for me, that was this huge wake up call And then another one of my good friends, his wife was on a business trip and she called him completely freaking out one night. She was ready to take her own life. She just couldn't take it anymore. He knew who to talk to, though. This is the important thing. Imagine being in a workplace and you know that you either have conflict or you're just depressed or either you or a coworker is at that place where, you know what, we need some professional help. But my, my friend knew who to call, and he stayed on the line with his wife until he got her with the chaplain, and through that whole counseling process and treatment, and now, you know what, she is alive and happy, and she's a mom. And my other friend and my, you know, that I was part of you know, personally, I didn't know who to call. I hadn't had any kind of training like that. I, I think it's something that all of us need to be aware of or imagine having somebody to talk to at work about your your kids who've gone full-on prodigal and it's the stress of what's happening at home is just um, weighing on you at work because guess what at work we still have to perform 
We still have to come in and and get the job done. So, you know, with that said, I mean, there's so much good that comes from having a chaplain, but Jason, maybe you could share with me, what is the, you know, in a company, let's just say I I brought in a chaplain, I'm bringing in a chaplain, maybe it's the first time. What is the role of that chaplain as I bring them into my organization? Yeah. First position is employee care, not church at work or judgmental, confidential, third-party neutral. Uh, They're not a spy for me and they're not going to try to convert you to, you know, my faith uh, stance or belief. Um, And and we use a team because we use female chaplains that work with female employees and then the bilingual aspect. So it's important to have a team, but they don't come in and set up office. They're not part of the structure, but there's a key distinctive that we've kind of hit on. You know, we have a very educated, informed public. You can find anything today, Google or the Internet. But people don't want to know how much you know until you really show them how much you care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned three or four crisis events. A lot of people are going through a crisis in their lives, but it's hidden. And it may not be as, you know, newsworthy or a a big deal above the surface. But, you know, three or four things internally are with their family and, and they can't leave those problems at home. They bring them to work. So the chaplains make regularly scheduled worksite visits. We actually go there on the front lines, just like the chaplains in the military, out on the front lines or they were on the deck of the carrier. And that way they develop relationships of trust and confidence. So it's relationship-based. It's not transactional-based. It's not an event. It's not a, a website. It's not an app. It's not this or that. It, it's real life on life, which is how God created life uh, to be intended. So So the role is, is the extension of the heart of care from the CEO and the HR and the leadership to their people. And as some of our top companies have said, you know, you guys can go where we can't go. You can go that extra mile because of our limitations of, you know, people aren't going to tell us everything. Two, we're not trained to know those warning signs. We don't know how to do crisis response. You know, they're not going to come to us because of our role. And so what do we do? And they're not just going to reach out to a website or an 800 number. I've got to provide them somebody tangible that in that moment, when they have a need, they can grab onto them because they have that trust. And so that's the first thing. Yeah, crisis, we see about that 10 to 15% of the time, but most of it, John, is, you know, I'm really questioning life. I'm questioning my faith background. I'm questioning this addiction I have, I'm questioning everything. You know, my world has been shaken. The, the idols and things I held on to before, I don't see them lasting. So people really have serious questions these days. And, um, you know, this is just providing, I call it a spoke in the wheel. We don't solve every problem, but you said you knew who to call. You have somebody to call. And it's that first connection point that is so critical. And time is of the essence. We help divert over 500 suicides last year. And, you know, that's a real privilege, but many times we're just there to help somebody cope with, you know, I was thinking of calling it quits on my marriage and the job I'm done. And, you know, we, we turned them around. And as you talk a lot about work, that work has purpose, work is good. God ordained work mm-hmm. and, and you have a role and where you're at matters. You know, a guy going to just, you know, change tires at a, mechanic shop every morning. This is a nothing job. No, you're you're helping a nurse maybe get to the hospital to help perform a surgery to save someone's life. You're going to help that single mom with three kids take her, 
get her kids to school in the rain and not have a wreck. So, and one of them becomes a, a Nobel Peace Prize winning scientist to alleviate COVID. You know, you never know in God's scheme where you fit in. And here's the sad thing, John, and we started to track this and report it back to company owners. It's not always crisis and it's not always problems or issues. A lot of people don't have anyone to share a joy with or receive mm. encouragement or just say, man, I'm just so excited. I have no one to tell. And, and so we, our chaplains are someone that to say, Hey, my daughter made bands. She struggled for two years and felt alone at school and hated school. Now she loves it. And I'm just so thankful. And that's an opportunity to, to ask, well, what do you, you know, about faith in God and Jesus issues and other things. So that's the gamut of, of what it is. Well, th thank you for sharing that. Cause I love that, you know, 10% are some of those crisis things. And that's kind of where my brain went to. And I don't know about maybe everybody else listening, but you know what? It's just everyday stuff. It's the stuff that's stressing me out, the stuff that's causing me to lose sleep. And I just want somebody to talk to because talking to a peer talking to a boss, you're right. It, it work like I, it's not my nature to go to my boss. Let's say I worked for you, Ron, and go, you know, <laughs> well, you're the kind of guy I know I could, but most of my bosses I've been, you know, you don't go and say, well, me and my wife had a fight last night and our, you know, we've been married 30 years and I'm really feel like, you know what? Uh, I don't know if we're going to make it through this empty nest season. Right. You know, cause that's where I'm at in my, and not my, my marriage is actually doing awesome, but I've had close friends of mine share that with me. Yeah. You know, as I've actually looked into that, the divorce rate around this time, you know, long marriage, empty nesters is really high. Yeah, yeah it is. And you know what? Uh, I just know a lot of guys like going to even your Bible study group, it's uncomfortable because you just, they might say something, but knowing that you had a chaplain to talk to where it's totally confidential, that is not going to judge you to just say, man, I need, I need some help. I need just somebody to share with you, what I'm thinking, man, what a blessing. And I love that you said too, is, you know, it's just that person to go and celebrate with. Cause you know what, in our culture, it's almost kind of egotistical to go celebrate uh, is how it's perceived sometimes. And that's so wrong. Cause you know what, we got to celebrate the good stuff. Amen. Let me move one more side, a little more subtle. So we've kind of covered crises and now the talk to the everyday stuff. There's a thing called ministry of presence. So mm -hmm. I'll use your, um, Naval aviation career. You saw those guys on decks. I think they're in the red vest or whatever, the fire extinguisher, or yep. you get on a cruise ship and you see the, the lifeboats. Now you hope you never have to use them, but you're glad they're there. I can tell you the CEO of David Weekly Homes, David Weekly. He says, you know, I'll be going through the middle of my week and running a, you know, a huge company with 1500 employees all over America. And, and he goes, I'll just see one of the chaplains come through the corporate office and it'll make me stop. And I kind of get to reorient my compass. I can reset my Garmin, you know, my avionics. And, and just that was enough to get him through the rest of the week on track. Right. So there's something about that tangible presence that Ron talked about. That means a lot. I mean, just this year, we had an employee finally open up to one of the chaplains that chaplain had been going every week for nine years employee never talked to him, never said a word, never waved, never did nothing. But guess what? They had something going on. The chaplain was there at the moment of impact and the, the employee reached out just because that chaplain was faithful and having a presence for nine years. Wow. Well, you know, the interesting, the interesting thing that I didn't necessarily, when I first started helping out, 
uh, marketplace chaplains, I didn't really, I said, this can't be true, but this approach, John, after about a year of, of bringing care to a company, over 50% of their employees will have reached out to the chaplain to engage in some form of conversation. Can I say that again, Ron? After about a year, you guys have seen almost 50% at least have some kind of conversation with the chaplain. That is correct. That's a big deal. Think I mean, about, that's, think that's about the impact that, that that has on your workforce. Oh. Anybody out there who's a manager or a business leader? I mean, just, the, yeah, I mean, the, the utilization of that. I mean, what service could you ever provide for your employees who would ever get a 50% utilization? The only one that's higher than that is probably holiday service, vacation and holidays and payment. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's another another perspective because we were talking about the you know, we we're talking about the service, but is the unbelievable opportunity is for these people who are called to be our chaplains. They actually get to do exactly what they were created in light to do is to love on people and to serve. And as difficult and challenging circumstances they get into, but they also get great joy to make a difference in someone's life by their presence engaged with us. And I'm just, I'm blown away the, the, the type of chaplains that God brings to us there, uh, to us as we grow and continue. But, um, but and I, I believe there's a whole generation out there between 50 and 70 of people in the workplace who all of a sudden think, oh, what am I, I they're losing their purpose in life. Mm. And here is an opportunity to have purpose you have flexible hours. You don't have to, you don't have to work 40 hours a week, but you can contribute to your community and take what God has given you and your experiences and love on people. And what I would say, supernatural ways, because it's the way God directs you. So to me, it gives life to that whole so-called retirement generation uh, that what am I going to do for purpose? What you're talking about, I know there's people listening right now. They're like, okay, yeah, I, I would love to be that person. And here's the neat thing. You guys were telling me before we hit record the amount of training that, that people get, the ongoing training. You're looking at what are the trends happening in, in the you know, mental health, the workforce, and there's this continual like, hey, how do we address this as chaplains? If this, as these conversations come up, you guys are talking about what they are and say, okay, how do we do this even better? Right? How do we take best practices? So if somebody is interested out there in maybe becoming a, a chaplain or joining Marketplace Chaplains, what, what does that even look like? Yeah, I, I think the first thing is obviously pray about it. You know, you know it, John, what's the neat thing is, you know, we have two tracks. One, we got to get companies and then we have to get chaplains to serve. The neat things are those aha moments where those company leaders say, I didn't know this thing existed, but this is exactly what we need. And on the other side of the track, people go, this is exactly what God's been preparing me for the last 30 or 40 years of my life and pastoral ministry or workplace ministry or whatever. And maybe I'm in a small town, but, and we have a location with 30 employees and that may be a couple hours a week and that's perfect. Or, you know, they're a pastor in a small town and they, they get 70 or 120 people coming and they're beating their head to the wall, trying to get more to come. And, but these people go to work. They're not coming to the, the church on Sunday, but you now get to have the opportunity to go out to where the people are that Jesus went out into the marketplace. He, he, all of the parables and miracles and uh, teachings were, were about work or out in the, in the workplace. So we provide that vehicle through this employee care service for, 
uh, people to go love and share Christ with one another. But, but again, we're not setting up church at work. So we're trying to get employees connected back to a local new Testament fellowship. But early on, a lot of people, especially in the Bible, say, well, well, 50 or 60% of my people are Christians or we're a very openly Christian company and da, da, da. You know what? The, the reports of the usage in those companies are the same as a, a liberal company up in the Northeast or Northwest. Everybody has the same basic issues and daily challenges they face. And so that's comforting. So yeah, right. We place about 400 chaplains a year. We, we need over 300 right now and that's growing We've had over 60,000 employees come under our umbrella of care just, just this year in both the U.S. and Canada. And wow. so the need's ever-growing. And um, we have full-time and part-time roles. It just depends on the assignment. So the best thing to do is... So these are paid positions, right? Yeah, yeah paid so. and mileage and expenses, exactly. Plus, we pay all your training and continuing education. You get to, We create communities because, you know people in pastoral or ministerial roles, we have a bad habit of pouring out too much and never getting anything poured in. So we have chaplains for our staff. You have uh, chaplain group meetings and team meetings. We encourage one another, pray for one another, get some latest teaching, some latest tools, resources, connections to give to the employees you're facing and share best practices. So uh, it's really a neat family to get to be a part of. And and then through that slow process in the company, you get to be ingrained as part of the family of that company. And, and it's just, you know, magic when that happens by God's grace. Well, if somebody's interested in that, how do they find out more information? Yeah, probably the best is our website, mchapusa.com or Google Marketplace Chaplains. And you can see some videos in both sides of it. And there'll be a place, a couple of places you know, if I'm interested in being a chaplain, we've got a whole section on the training academy and and we provide, you know, mentors and coaches. So it's not like we give you, you know, eight hours of a video and then you just go do it. it this is a professionally managed benefit. And you're our employees, your third party. We cover insurance, we pay mileage and expenses. So it's really just a neat formula. I strongly recommend that if you feel a sense that this may be something you have interest in for anybody listening to this podcast, go on the website, register, and begin the exploratory process. I mean, God's not going to give you a final decision on something unless you do your work to learn about it. And go through that process, and then you'll have peace, and you'll see where there's if, what you know activity there may be where you're living in terms of opportunities today or not. But begin the process. But more so, even as you begin that process and you see the fullness of what this opportunity is to be a chaplain, you might automatically think of blessing three or four other people you know who would love to do this kind of work. So I, I would strongly discourage you, if you feel a sense about mm -hmm. it, don't overthink it, you know, uh, register on it, learn about it, and we'll guide you through the process because it's absolutely critical. It's a win-win situation. And even if you go on and, and there's not an activity or an opportunity in your particular town right now, you know, we'll keep you on the reserve list because we always need backup and on-call chaplains. But also we're gaining so many new opportunities. But you may know of a, a Christian business leader in town or a family member that owns a car dealership or a bank or whatever, and you could introduce marketplace chaplains to them and then you'd get, you know, get to serve there. So 
That's uh, true. And you have great people like you and, and Ron to be part of that conversation. And if I heard you right, right now you have opportunities for chaplaincy in organizations that would require 300 more chaplains. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So folks, just listening, if this interests you, because you know, and I'm always trying to find places to serve the Lord and what he's doing. And, and I love what I think you said, Ron, too, is if you, maybe this is like, okay, this is awesome. Uh, I don't know if I want to be a chaplain, but pray about it because you might know that person in your Bible study. For them, this could be one of the biggest blessings ever to go. Uh, it reminds me, think of my friend Paul Nichols. He he grew up working. Um, he was, uh, I can't remember the union, um, uh, but the car business, right? He worked on a manufacturing line. United Auto Workers? Yes, UAW. So he was part of UAW. And then through that, he just kind of fell into the role as a chaplain and had this long career. And then you know what happened is after he retired, he just felt restless and he moved his whole family back to Oklahoma. But do you know what he does now? He goes, he just went in and started volunteering at all these manufacturing plants because he gets the folks right as a chaplain. And that's what he does. And I, I have never seen a guy who at 82 years old, more full of life, more engaged, the stories he gets to tell you know, the situations that he gets to serve in for him is absolutely just re-energized this whole second part of his life. So, and if you guys go to mchapusa.com in the top right, because I'm just looking here, there's a thing that says contact. If you look under contact, become a chaplain. And right below that too, is you, you can also do all the research on what chaplaincy is. Is it right for your company? How do you start? But, you know, um, so here's another question though that I was thinking about because I hear this from, you know, different business owners. Let's say I, I am in a leadership role at a larger company. It's not a Christian company. It's not part of our culture, but I know that I am in the marketplace as a believer. I'd love to bring chaplaincy in, right? Marketplace Chaplains is a Christian organization. Um, what are maybe some of the concerns that people have when they're approaching you and how do you talk them through? What does it look like to take a company that doesn't have chaplaincy and, and bring chaplaincy in? I think there's, you know, in 20 years, it, it kind of boils around the same things. And a lot of them are misinformation, miscommunication, or just an absence of, of really knowing, you know, always, well, I get this, but we're a multicultural, diverse workforce. And, you know, we have people of all faiths and we have people in all stuff, so it, it won't work. Or, um, boy, this, you know, it's got to be expensive. You know, that, that I could see getting in a, a religious harassment lawsuit. You know, we should be taking it. Here's the other side, John. Uh, a lot of Christian countries say, well, well, I'm the CEO and I, I'm an elder at my church, so I'm the chaplain. <laughs> they, they should come in my door. We're, we're mostly Christians here or whatever. That, there's no place where it won't work. We, we work it from companies from one to 38,000 public, private, going down in salt mines, out on tugboats and car dealers, because that's where the people are. It, it's not a walkthrough, but it's a demonstration after 40 years of, of what works is it's marketing your positioning, your education. But more importantly, it's like, okay, we'll give it a try. Let's see if these people can walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Are they not going to proselytize? Are they not going to judge conduct? Are they not going to report back to HR or management? Are they not going to send a lawsuit or a claim? Are they going to uh, treat everybody with respect? Are they going to not interrupt work? How are they going to reach our drivers or people working from home? Well, we do have an app 
Now we've integrated video chat. So 24 hours a day, an employee can get a hold of one of their chaplains. Like you Mm -hmm. said, in that moment of need, that connection is is right there with someone they know, even though they may not physically be on the work site at that point, or, you know, they're 800 miles away driving a truck and they get a call that they're, this happened the other day, their wife had a cancer diagnosis and the guy just broke down and he was at a truck stop and he called dispatch said, I can't make it. And the dispatch called the chaplain. We had one of our chaplains 800 miles away, go meet the guy at the truck stop, visited with him, prayed with him for two hours. And the guy said, you know what? I can get the truck back home take care of my company and be with my wife. So, you know, it's, um, there's a variety of, of questions and, and really though, I don't get them as much because the people reaching out know that there's a need and a gap and there's nothing out there that can fill in that particular gap like we can. So as soon as we show them that this isn't a volunteer thing, it's not the local church trying to come in and do good. It's a professionally managed benefit. We have the tools, the resources, the training to help all of my people and their family members. So, John, if you had a your your mother, let's say she was in a senior living home out in Gilbert, Arizona today, and, and she had fallen and they said she was OK, but you were worried about her. You could tell one of your chaplains and we'd have one of our 38 chaplains in Arizona or Phoenix. We'd have a female chaplain go out and visit your uh, mom today, check on her. So. That's the reach. And once people understand it, and, and now we have such a track record, and, and you look at some of the companies we serve in every industry, they go, okay, then this is this is a legitimate deal. It's not a, a pilot or a trial. Well, you know, here's what I what I heard is you know, especially for everybody listening, is right, this is a professional benefit for the workforce, professionally trained staff. And if you do have any of those concerns, they pop into your head. You guys have a 40-year track record in any environment you want to think of, public, private, super diverse, not Christian at all, super Christian. You have been able to go in there, have success, and you can talk about it. So really, the big question is, my folks are hurting. They, they need something like this. I know for a fact, organizations that have a chaplain part of it, the teams that I coach, they love, love, love having that chaplain there that they can talk to. And you guys really highlighted to me too. I love that. Just the presence, just knowing, you know what, things are kind of getting bad. And you know what, if Ron walked in today, I know I can talk to him. And maybe I don't talk to him, but maybe it's nine years later and all of a sudden, you have that one conversation that's literally transformational Amen. because you've built that relationship and that trust. And I love what you guys are doing. So, so folks, let's uh, what, what a great call to join the father and the work that he's doing in the world. I, and I truly believe the marketplace is the biggest place for ministry. I, I can't think of it. I do not have a client yet, uh, regardless of their background, even, you know, executive teams of Fortune 100 companies, not Christian companies, where at some point in the relationship, they ask me about the deep faith questions. I never had to proselytize. I've never have. But there's also never been a time where I haven't been able to share my testimony and talk about Jesus. And in that, it has absolutely changed lives. The power of just having somebody who is a true trained ambassador for Christ in an organization that's going to bring in that light, 
that love, that relationship, that peace, I believe in a lot of cultures that's missing. And this is a way to bring that in. So um, with that, folks, as, as we wrap up, maybe we could just get some last thoughts. Let's start with you, uh, Jason, and then Ron. But go ahead, Jason. No, the, um, the opportunity is immense. You know, I believe God's never going to allow a company to sign up for chaplains that he hadn't already created and ordained and positioned and placed a chaplain to be ready. We've just got to, got to find them. So I ask your listeners to uh, think or pray about that. You, you know, I was at a national, we go to the national HR show with 20,000 HR professionals and they come by the booth and some say, Oh, I've never heard of this. And this probably wouldn't be right for my company, but you know what? My brother would make a great chaplain. And so uh, it, it's those kind of God ordained divine appointments. And that's really what we're doing when the chaplains pull up, they pray for that divine appointment of what employee today needs a touch from the everlasting father of unconditional love. And God just point me to them. So we'd love to meet you. If you just want to support us, pray for us. Uh, we have a foundation, but we don't have to fundraise. And as a chaplain, you don't have to seek your own funding. So it's just a great opportunity in an expanding role. So thank you for having us, John. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Ron, let's see, uh, as we land the plane, so to speak, what are some final thoughts from you? To me personally, it's the ability to be able to live out your faith, use what God has already given you in terms of experience and exposure, and to love on and have the opportunity to actually use that to impact lives, both in the now and for eternity. I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing today than to be in a platform that really supports that mindset. And everyone in, in such a selfless uh, group of individuals out there. But, you know, it's like, once again, if you don't care, then you can't share. And uh, just to be able to go out and do that, even in the marketing side, as I meet a new business owner, maybe the reason we're meeting to discuss chaplains but after 55 minutes, the, the CEO goes, are we going to talk about chaplains? I was there to serve and love on that CEO. They had needed someone to talk to. So it's, it's being in alignment with what, uh, where you're positioned in life, and it's an opportunity to have purpose in your life. Well, guys, I think this is such an important message. I, I remember this was a year and a half ago. If any of you guys know Pat Lencioni, he wrote The Five Dysfunctions of the Team, and he founded the table group, I was very fortunate to be on a, a call with him as the pandemic was starting a year and a half ago. It was just a small group. And we, we were all having this conversation um, around, hey, what as a leader, what is the most important thing that we can focus on? And you know what? It wasn't about the work. It wasn't about the transactions. It was about how we are showing up and serving our people. The most important, this is, I think even now, it, it feels like it's even more urgent that this is an important time that I believe our employees are going to remember for the rest of their life. They're going to remember how we showed up, how we cared. And, and think about this, right? Like one of you said, right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you know what? Sometimes just being able to give simple advice, uh, to be caring. Um, I'll never forget, I was uh, 
just working with a, a client of mine. And I said, how are you people doing? Oh, they're doing awesome. And he started talking about all the transactional things. Well, yeah. they're doing this and they're doing this and they're doing this and they, and they redid this manufacturing line here. And I'm like, yeah, but how are they doing? He goes, well, I don't know. That's what became very clear. And thank goodness, because he reached out to one of his key employees, a woman, and she was absolutely at the point of burnout because her her husband um, was immunocompromised, but she was a critical worker and had to go into work. So she was scared to death. She was going to bring home something that would kill her husband. But she also was in a position where she couldn't quit her job. And he had this conversation with her and it transformed their relationship in their life. And now guess what? Imagine having somebody coming alongside of you that's having those conversations with your people in confidence. Because you know what? It's a human need. And I'm so, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Everybody out here in the eternal leadership community, let's get behind this. Let's focus on this. Think about your company. If you don't have a chaplain, what would it look like to bring a chaplain? And let's just have a conversation. If you're out there and you're like, you know what? I'd like to serve part-time, full-time. I love what you said, right? This isn't like a self-supporting thing. Go find your client and we'll figure it out. Like, no, we're, you are a professional organization and you are finding, creating opportunities and then training people to meet that opportunity on a paid basis. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I will continue to pray for the impact that Marketplace Chaplains is having. Everybody out there, just pray for the work um, that this organization is doing. And I really hope you reach out because I think this is something that's needed urgently in every company. Uh, And just, that's my opinion. So with that guys, thank you for what you do. I really appreciate uh, your time, who you are, what you do, and for taking the time to come on and just share about this. Cause I think it's something a lot of us probably didn't know about as much as we should have. So thank you. Thank you, Thank John. You, John. Thank well, you. Bad. By the way, John, we do serve Pinnacle Forms leadership team too, by the way. I know the leadership team. I, I mean, you know, any organization you guys have out there, uh, there's a fit. Like you guys said, three people, right. whether you're a nonprofit, right. um, for-profit, Christian organization, you're a senior leader in a Fortune 100 company. You're like, you know what? This would really help my folks. Let's just have a conversation and just see what um, just the path God lays out. That's the most important thing. Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, John.